This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Joss Stone. Thanks for joining me for a cup of happy. I spent the last few years singing my songs in every country in the world and been lucky enough to meet incredible people from all walks of life. What really struck me is that no matter where we are, we're all on the same mission. We're all just trying to find our version of happy. So with this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to a whole host of people to dig deeper into the what, why and how of this emotion we call happiness. I hope that with these conversations, you discover something to help you on your own quest for happiness, possibly change your mind on a few things, and along the way, share a good old laugh with me and my guests. Today's guest is an expert on childbirth and the founder of The Positive Birth Company, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Did you know that there's a difference between a perfect birth and a positive birth? You can have complications and still feel it was a positive experience. As long as you understand the process and you know what's going on, and we talk about the importance that you feel like you have a choice. You get to choose how your birth happens. This is Siobhan Miller's mission, to give every woman the knowledge they need to go into this life-changing experience with confidence. We spoke about her traumatic first birth, which actually inspired what she does now, and how she avoided the trauma the second time round. Don't we all want to do that? She debunks the Labour episode of the BBC show This Is Going To Hurt and discuss the importance of the right vibe. You've got to bring the right vibe to your birthing environment. It's so important and it's super important that we don't fill our brains with fear and she'll tell us why. I love Siobhan. She is such an inspiration. And even if you're not planning on giving birth anytime soon, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation. I certainly did. I'm so chuffed that we're finally talking. It's exciting because I have watched many, many of your videos. I've bought your digital positive birthing pack. Did you? Um, yes, I've joined oh. your Facebook group and read have all you? the... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've read all the positive birthing stories. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I became quite obsessed with it, actually, when I was pregnant with Violet. It was almost like an everyday thing. <laughs> I would wake up. It's and... such a magical little group with all of those oh. incredible stories every day. It's really helpful, you know, really, really helpful to get you in the right headspace. So I understand what you do, obviously. But just for our listeners, can you explain what this is, this positive birthing pack? The pack's important because I want people to know that they can get it and your whole mission, basically. Okay, sure. I'll try and summarise it and not take up all day. <laughs> uh, a subject I could talk about all day, but I'll try and summarise. So I'm a hypnobirthing teacher. Hypnobirthing is simply a form of antenatal education. It doesn't involve being hypnotised. <laughs> it's not just for home births. And it's actually very much rooted in science and about teaching people how their bodies work in labour, 
what they can do to make the process more straightforward, understanding their options, how to navigate, you know, intervention and make the right choices for them and their babies. And essentially trying to educate and empower people so they can have a really positive birth experience rather than a traumatic one, which can have a really long term negative impact on one's mental health and their bonding with their baby and even, you know, wider repercussions. And so our mission at the Positive Birth Company is to make that education accessible for all. And that's really been our mission statement since day one. So instead of kind of private, expensive classes, which means that only a few people will be able to access that education. We have loads of free videos on our YouTube channel. We're constantly creating new workshops and putting them out there for free. And then we also have our hypnobirthing pack, which is what I think you're you're talking about. Um, We have a postpartum pack as well, a trying to conceive pack. And these packs are essentially online courses, so on-demand workshops. You can watch them on any device from anywhere in the world at any time of day or night, so really flexible. They're all subtitled, they're all designed to be inclusive and yeah, it's access to expert led workshops. So when it comes to birth, helping you prepare for that positive experience so that you're really informed and you feel really confident and excited, which is exactly how I think people should feel going into birth. Like this is an amazing day. It's gonna be an incredible day. You get to meet your baby. You've been waiting a really long time for this moment. And yeah, it's heartbreaking to know that so many people go into that terrified. And I honestly believe if more people had access to decent antenatal education and they understood how things were going to go, what their choices were, actually that would get rid of a lot of fear. Yeah, which is very important as we'll learn later on. Yes. (laughs) Just, I would love to know how you came to this in your life personally. Yes, it was a very kind of personal route into it for me. It was very much down to my own personal experience. So I had my first child when I was just 20. So I was very young and um, he's 15 now, uh, a real real teenager. I was a student at the time. I had very little money. I did the kind of free classes that were offered through the hospital, but they were kind of very basic. I couldn't go afford to go to any kind of NCT or any sort of private options. What's NCT? NCT, sorry, is like, um, I think traditionally the kind of go-to for antenatal classes in the UK. Okay. It's the National Childbirth Trust. And that's something that people pay for? Pay for, yes. Oh, okay. Most antenatal education you have to pay for. I see, um, right. Which is, which I think is wrong anyway. But <laughs> so as a result, I was very naive going into birth and a lot of things happened that I wasn't informed about or I didn't understand what that would mean. I was induced and I honestly thought induction just meant get to meet your baby quicker. I didn't know that induction came with risks. And so it ended up being a very long labor, two days long. I ended up being taken to theater and he was born with the help of forceps in theater. Now, the experience itself doesn't need to be traumatic. And that's what I kind of always need to say to people is that lots of people can have that birth on paper and actually feel it was a brilliant birth experience. What actually makes it feel traumatic after is how you felt during the experience and how I felt was really terrified. So that doesn't need to be the same for others who are accepting intervention, because if you feel that that's the right choice for you and your baby and then you're it informed feels about what to expect, then yeah, you're happy to take that, that route. Yep. But if you don't feel informed and you feel out of control and you feel frightened, then it's a very terrifying experience. And sadly, that's how it was for me. And so afterwards, as a result, I suffered with postnatal anxiety, quite moderate, I'd say, 
checking him all through the night, making sure he was still breathing, you know, a very kind of anxious response. And I was just very frightened, really, in that whole kind of first year as a result of that birth. So that was kind of that experience. Fast forward seven years and I was pregnant with my second child and obviously desperate to do things differently and have a better experience. And I kept hearing about hypnobirthing, didn't know what it was, didn't really know what it involved, but everyone raved about it, or everyone who had done it raved about it. Didn't hear a single negative thing about it. So I thought, well, I'm gonna give it a go. And luckily I was in a position then where I could afford to sign up to a course and it was still quite a few hundred pounds. And then I went to the course and it was absolutely life-changing. And it was so eye-opening, like so insightful. Everything just made sense. It felt like it was common sense. You think like, why didn't I know this before? It gives you a sense of relief, doesn't it? When you finally come across that, you're like, oh, thank God, it's gonna be okay. You know, yeah. I, this, is, this is mother nature. It's a beautiful feeling it's so good it's just, all the pieces just fall into place and you're like oh right that's how it works and then you feel like why wasn't I taught this in school <laughs> it also it helped me make sense of what had happened the first time because I could kind of apply my new knowledge to that first experience I think okay so this is where things went wrong so I felt really confident I ended up planning a home birth for my second child and he was born just before Christmas at home on the sofa um, I didn't have any intervention I didn't have any drugs I just felt completely kind of empowered and strong and in the moment and honestly afterwards I felt euphoric it was just Aww. the most incredible life-changing moment for me and really really healing and a lot of people have said that who've experienced trauma previously and then go on to have a positive birth is that it's really healing and I just felt, yeah, like I'd found my calling. You said calling earlier and it did, it felt like that. I thought everyone should be able to have a birth like this, maybe not at home, maybe not without intervention, but feel as good, feel confident and happy. And it wasn't a perfect birth on paper. I still had some blood loss. I still had to go to the hospital afterwards. So it wasn't, you know, completely straightforward, but how I felt was just so, respected and listened to and I felt yeah like a birthing goddess and I thought you know like everyone should feel like this like I felt invincible and it lasted afterwards as well it wasn't just that day that was special after in that postnatal period I really felt like I could do anything even the confidence to start the business you know I thought like I was able to birth my baby at home I can, I can do, do anything, anything. Yeah. yeah I had a newfound <laughs> confidence like self-confidence I hadn't had and it genuinely was life-changing so after that I was doing a psychology master's which I finished and then I trained to become a hypnobirthing teacher and then I just started and I was like that's my mission is to make this more accessible for everyone wow and that was back in 2015. I'm so glad you had that experience because now you're helping all these people and I'm one of those people. So I feel like if you didn't have that experience, then we would not receive all this good energy that you're that you're spreading. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because this whole podcast, every episode is about how we can feel better, really. That's it. How can we be happier? And it kind of, it applies to every section of your life and all these different moments that we have. And being a mum and having a pregnancy and having a birth, it's such a huge part of our lives. I mean, my mum, she spoke to me about all of her births for my whole life. Like even when I was a little girl, she'd be like, well, this happened and that happened. And then when you came this time, it's such a huge part of her life, you know? So 
yeah, it's a wonderful thing to help people with. So thanks for yeah, doing it's it. Incredible, like oh, it's a, an incredible like life event, really. If you do experience it, and you're never going to forget your birth, you know, it's literally going to stay with you forever. So that's why I think it's so important to do what you can to make it a positive experience because it's not just one day. And you'll meet people, you know, elderly people who will still get tearful recalling their birth if they experienced a trauma. It stays with you. And also, you know, if you have a, a positive, empowering, happy experience, then that you carry that with you. And every time you kind of tap into that, you're reminded of your power. And it's a really yeah, positive thing that you have with you for the rest of your life. And as I said a minute ago, it doesn't need to be that a positive birth is a perfect birth without intervention. It's not not that at all. And I've been, you know, teaching now for years and I get, get see all these wonderful birth stories and they're all very different. And many of them are inductions or cesarean births or unplanned cesareans, the whole spectrum. And it doesn't matter where you give birth or how you give birth. If you're informed and you're listened to and you're making the choices that you feel are right, you can have a positive experience. Yeah, it's such a beautiful day, isn't it? So I had to have a cesarean and I was so gutted. I was so gutted because I had read the hypnobirthing. I actually read the book by Mary Mongden. That was the moment, right? That's before I found your digipack. I was so scared because of everything that we get taught about birth and everything we see on TV, which you, you talk about a lot. People screaming and crying and blood everywhere, you know? So I'm like terrified and I find this hypnobirthing book. It was suggested to me by a lady I interviewed on this podcast, actually, deliciously Ella who has had kids and makes beautiful recipes. And she was like, you've got to try this hypnobirthing thing. So I remember I opened it up. I must have been five or six months pregnant. And I, I cried because I was so pleased that it wasn't going to have to be so scary and horrible. And I, I swear, I read the first chapter and I was like, thank you, God. I'm so, now I can feel okay about this. And then I went on to find your pack. So the whole time I'm reading all this stuff and listening to your advice, which by the way, some of it's really funny as well and very entertaining and just very bright, you know, it makes you excited. And then I got to, I don't know, 35 weeks or something and Violet was growth restricted. So the doctor was like, oh, oh dear, what's going on with your placenta and your blood flow? And I mm. said, oh, I don't bloody know, you're the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, well, it's all a bit funny. And he, he said, I don't, your baby's not growing. And I was like, oh my God, mm. I was so stressed about it. And I said, doc, what can I do to make her grow? He said, nothing, you can't do anything. And I just said, what a load of shit. That's not yeah. true. Of course I can, it's my body. I can do all sorts of things. I'm the one, I'm the one holding her. Surely there's advice. So I just bought a sofa ate a million cakes and drank a million protein shakes. And I did meditation and all the positive things that you suggested. And we went back on the 37th week and he, he was absolutely shocked. He was like, wow, oh my gosh, she's gone from under the ninth percentile to the 39th percentile. He oh, was wow. like, what? Wow, you, <laughs> yeah. you've done it. <laughs> so I was so chuffed, right? I was like, yes, I can have a natural birth now. And he goes, oh no. No, no, she's the wrong way up. Oh, breathe. And I was so gutted. 
I was so gutted. He goes, honey, we don't have breech natural births mm. in this hospital. We don't do that. That's not, he said, it's your pregnancy, you choose, but that is not a good idea. He said, if you and my wife, don't do that. And I thought, but people do have natural birth of breech babies. Yes, it's possible, but it's not the guidance. It's yeah. possible. It's not the guidance. So at that time, I wish I'd known you then and we'd had this conversation because I would have picked up the phone and called you and been like, Siobhan, what do I do? But I just, I just went with the advice. And I tell you what, once I'd cried for about three days because I couldn't have a natural birth, which I don't know if it's the same for every woman, but for me, I felt like I wasn't going to get the chance to be like fully a woman. I was like, that is something that I have hoped for. I know it sounds like an awful thing to want because it sounds painful and la la la, but it's not. It's almost like training for a marathon. And then when you get to the the line, they say, sorry, love, you're not allowed to run. And it was gutting. And then I got over it. And then I was super excited and I met my baby and it didn't hurt. Half an hour later, there she was. I had my baby. I was completely elated and I had the best bloody time of my life, you know? So so what would you have advised me if I'd have called you when my lovely doctor said, honey, no, what would you have said to me? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I would have definitely reminded you that it was your choice. Um, so nobody can sort of tell you, you know, you can't have a breech vaginal delivery. Mm-hmm. It's not somebody else's choice to make. It's your own. But then the guidance exists for a reason. Obviously, there are risks, elevated risks with a breech vaginal delivery. And then it would it's it would be a case of having to make that decision yourself. And so I teach this framework called Use Your Brain. So you weigh up the benefits, the risks, so the kind of pros and cons of the both of the options. Are there any alternatives? You know, are there you know, could you try um acupuncture or something like that, which sometimes can be helpful? They suggested turning the baby actually from the outside. Yes, an ECB. Yeah. No, no, no. She's up that way for a reason. What if there's something around her neck? Or like, what if you like strangle her when you're doing that? Or because I want to have a natural birth. I thought, no, no, I'm leaving it. You see, so you listen to your guts. That's really important because that's the I and brain is then your intuition, your instinct. And then the N stands for nothing. What happens if I do nothing for 10 minutes, 24 hours, depending on the urgency, you know, give yourself some time to make that decision. You know, do I need to decide this right now? Or can I go home and kind of process this and, and weigh this up? And then ultimately it comes down to your own decision and what feels right for you. And so I couldn't have made the decision for you, but I could have advised you that you have all these choices. And then it's a case of weighing those up and choosing what feels right for you and what you're comfortable with. And it sounds like even if you didn't formally go through that, you listen to your gut because for you, you said it didn't feel right to try and turn your baby because what if the cord was, maybe she was in that position for a reason. And so you listen to that instinct, which is so powerful and obviously that was the right decision to make. And your birth went really well. 
it was your choice. And I think that's the thing. If you feel empowered and maybe it wasn't the birth you had envisaged, but you made this choice on the information you had, that still feels like the right course of action. What doesn't feel like the right course of action is someone taking away your dreams and dictating to you what's going to happen or you're suddenly down a pathway you never envisaged and you don't know how you got there and you don't understand that's when it can be a very negative experience i think when you're in i mean i've now i've never had a labor now so i'm now i'm back in the position that i <laughs> was trying to get out of i have no idea what it might be like to be in labor and having to make those decisions so my sister just had a baby and she also was very into your positive birthing well, company so pack. that's so cool to hear. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all on it. Um, we have a star we... in our group. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a big thing amongst us all because my, my brothers, well, my brother Dan had a baby three months after me, my sister six months after me, and my brother's just about to have one in June. So Amazing. we're all on it now. We're all on this hypnobirthing kind Love of vibe. It. It's all a good conversation. So um, Lucy, she went in and she has done meditation for years to avoid panic attacks. She's really like good at the breathing thing. And also using the brain yes. has been a big part of how to make decisions for her. So she goes in there and <laughs> she's having labor, right? So I think when we are not having labour, it's really easy to say, I know what I would do in this situation. I would say to the doctor, no, I don't want an epidural. Or, you know, I, I was actually a doula for a friend of mine. A doula, I say a doula. I sat next to her bed and stroked her head and told her she'd be all right, you know, when she was having a baby. And she said to me, never let me have the epidural. Don't let me do it. And I said, Antonia, I can't. What if you scream at me? and say, I want to have it. I said, we have to have a safe word, you know, <laughs> because how am I going to know? You've asked me to stop you. What do I do? So our safe word was actually see you next Tuesday because she never said that. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, okay. You knew then it was bad. <laughs> yeah, I knew. This is definitely well, bad. she's serious so, now. <laughs> yeah, she was absolutely serious. So Lucy, she actually had this plan. And then while she was in labour, in that pain, in a different headspace or... I mean, maybe pain's the wrong word, sorry. What are we using? I forget the word we use instead of pain. Power. Power. Powerful. She's in that powerful <laughs> surge. Powerful surge. Yeah. Yes, she's experiencing the surge and then she changes her mind completely. She's like, I want an epidural. And the, the doctor is saying, no, no, I'm sorry. Rewind. She said, I want a C-section. Okay. She's like, just get it out. And the doctor's saying, why don't you try the epidural? And she goes, no, 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 because then I'll be numb and I won't be able to feel anything. And this went back and forth and forth and back. And the doctor had to kind of calmly say to her, honey, if you have a C-section, we'll have to give you an epidural anyway. Yeah. She goes, oh, right, okay. <laughs> so then <laughs> They're not just going to do that without pain relief. Really. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Breathe your way through a cesarean. Oh, my no. God. No, 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 no. Not recommended. So <laughs> she ended up doing it and it ended up perfectly fine and she had a lovely time. And I said to her, Lulu, do you think that all that hypnobirthing and all that stuff, do you think that it didn't work then? You know, and she said, oh, no, it worked. It, it definitely worked because I didn't have a panic attack and I had my breathing. And although I had that moment, I did hold myself together. And she feels super proud of where her head was at more than her body. It was more about where her head was at. So, you know, when you have, I know you have lots of conversations with lots of women and 
and you do one-on-ones and you do classes and stuff, right? Yeah. Do you ever have a woman come to you and say, well, bloody hell, Siobhan, that didn't work at all. I had the worst time. Or is it always, is it always some ounce of positivity involved in every story? People that have done the course don't usually say it hasn't worked because they understand that it's not a case of it working or not working. Nothing is promised by doing a course. It's not like we can say, or nobody can say, look, you do this hypnobirthing course and you can definitely have this type of birth. You know, nothing's going to change. As I say straight up when I'm teaching is there are so many variables in pregnancy, labour, birth, things we can't control for that we have to be open-minded and absolutely embrace intervention when it's needed. So I think people that have done the course wouldn't say it hasn't worked because they know that it's not about working or not working. It's, it's about it's acceptance. knowledge, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and it's knowledge and it's kind of practical tools you can use. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that people who um, maybe don't understand hypnobirthing and maybe think it's a bit woo-woo will say like, oh, it, you know, it doesn't work or it wouldn't work. But, you know, if you do any sort of educational course, you wouldn't say it, it doesn't work. You know, it's not mm. meant to be a magic fix. It's not meant to be making anything work it's It's not a pill that you take and then wake up and then your baby's there (laughs) you have to put the yeah you have to put the time in it's it's knowledge it's a it's a course of knowledge essentially that also gives you tools that you can use in labor like the breath work yeah and mindfulness techniques that actually are life skills because they help with anxiety massively and those things you can rely on to help you you know if you do the breathing technique that will lower your heart rate you know so it will help to keep you calm and grounded you know it does work in that sense maybe that is enough for you for your whole labor and you don't need anything else or maybe you feel that actually you're doing the breathing but you also would like some gas and air or Mm -hmm. maybe you're doing the breathing you're in a calm headspace but actually you'd like to have the epidural and that's absolutely fine it's your world basically it's your it's your birth it's your body it's your baby and what i want for people is to have a positive happy experience Mm. suffering you know, and experiencing pain and, and and being frightened and resisting having pain relief because you think that's some sort of failing. There's nothing positive about that at all. There's no there's no medal at the end if you don't have pain relief. I you know, I say to people, there's no point to be frightened about it's a wasted worry being frightened of pain mm-hmm. because there's so many options available to you to alleviate that. You know, as you said, an epidural it numbs you so you don't feel anything. And so one of the great pros of that is that you can actually have a pain-free labour. I know. I wonder why there's such... Um, I mean, actually, I think I know the answer, but I'll ask you. Why is there such an aversion to the idea of having an epidural? That wasn't the question. I thought you were going to ask, why are people so fearful? <laughs> no, <laughs> well... Thing. I was like, there's a whole culture of fear. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, actually. I mean, Antonia, she was the lady I was with in the birth. She really didn't want that. And then my sister didn't want it either. And I know a few of my friends are like, no, no, no epidural, no epidural. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, ladies. This sounds like a brilliant idea. (laughs) I would put it in my birth plan. (laughs) There are some downsides to an epidural. I suppose you can't feel anything, right? You can't feel anything. And so if you're you're more likely to be lying down on a bed if you've had an epidural. Okay. um, And that would mean then your body's in a position that's not optimum for your baby to descend and be born because gravity is really helpful to help your baby move down and out. So crouching is the best? Crouching, squatting, kneeling, leaning over a birth ball, um, resting over the side of a birth pool, you know, being in an upright position, Mm -hmm. hugely helpful and allows your pelvis to open. And your body produces this hormone called relaxin, which softens all of your ligaments and muscles and actually allows your pelvis to stretch and open. 
Whereas if you lie flat on your back, you reduce the capacity by about a third. So you've got a smaller space and you're having to kind of push your baby uphill. And also you can't feel anything. It's more likely to make the labour longer and also increases the risk of needing intervention to help that baby be born. So there's definitely a downside to an epidural, but then obviously there's also an upside to an epidural. So it always comes down to individual choice and kind of weighing those those things up. Mm-hmm. It does. It often comes down to choice. The, our state of being, our happiness comes down to how much choice we feel we have, for sure. But it's so sad that so many people, and this this I know to be true, people that I hear from feel disappointed or like they failed or oh, they feel ashamed yeah, yeah. because they had pain relief or they had intervention or they had a cesarean. And that's heartbreaking because I think however you've brought this baby into the world is actually a miracle. You've grown a whole human like there's nothing more incredible or miraculous than the fact that you have grown a human inside your body and whether that baby's come out of your vagina or you've had a cesarean birth or however or with whatever assistance it's literally a miracle you've done an incredible thing and you should be so proud of yourself so yeah I really really don't want anyone to feel you know so set against something that as a result if they then need it they feel yeah sad or let down yeah like they failed yeah I completely understand that feeling with the, the C-section thing because you do feel like I failed, you know, but that's just not true. It's not just true not true. You've just You've done an incredible, an incredible thing and feel so proud that you listened to your intuition and you went with the birth that mm-hmm. you felt was right for you and it went well and obviously that was the right decision. It was fabulous, actually, I have to say. And you can have a really magical cesarean birth and that moment you meet your baby, you know, it can be absolutely magical. Yeah, it was amazing. The coolest thing ever. And then people ask me, well, how was your birth? And I say, well, call Dr. Lee and you can ask him. Because he did most of the work. (laughs) I was just there. I just was like, oh my God, I got my baby. He did everything. They did all the work. (laughs) And that was great. You'd done all the work growing the baby. But I grew her, yeah. I did, (laughs) I did, I grew her. (laughs) So, you know, hopefully next one, I'll be doing a VBAC. Yes. That would be very nice. So what is the importance of people's mindset whilst they're pregnant? I know there are lots of reasons why women can miscarry and doctors kind of don't give us an answer. So I had a miscarriage in October, which was really horrible, like the worst thing. When I asked the doctor, why has this happened? They just say, well, it just happens. There's nothing, we can't really give you an answer. It's just one of those things, you know, you're, I think it's one in three women have miscarriages it's very and high. it's really, really common. And now you've had one, you're going to know many women have had them. And it really bothers me, Siobhan, because I mean, you've created something here that gives us ideas and gives us choice. It does. It empowers us. It says you have the choice. When these things happen, unless you've had like a lot of miscarriages or maybe failed to conceive for a long time. That's when they start testing to find out why it's happened. But they don't do that at the beginning. And I wonder if there is something that we can do with our mindset, with our spirit, with our, you know, with our diet to avoid miscarriages, to avoid losing our babies. Because it's, you know, where you are in your spirit it's such a huge thing. Um, and that goes on to talking about fear as well, how our bodies can close up because of how we feel in our heads. Would you have any advice on that? 
It's a very, very difficult area. First of all, I'm very sorry to hear you've experienced a miscarriage. Mm. It is really common, sadly, and it's definitely not spoken about enough. No. I think the official statistics are one in four pregnancies end in a miscarriage, but they do vary because a miscarriage is more likely to happen in the earlier weeks than the later weeks, more likely to happen if you're over a certain age. Various different risk factors that have been identified as making you more at risk, but the actual cause of a miscarriage, people don't don't know, as you say. And so it's really, really hard. And I think one of the difficulties of, of saying that something that you can do might change the outcome makes me worry that people might think they are to blame because maybe they didn't do something right. Maybe they ate the wrong food. Maybe they weren't positive enough. And actually, it's not yourself. You know, it's, it's not your fault if you've had a miscarriage. It's not something you've done. From a research point of view, you know, we can do things like stop smoking, things like that, that we know are linked to miscarriage. So there's some things that you can adjust, lifestyle changes that you can make. But I suppose the other whole thing is what's going on mentally rather than physically what you're doing. And so all of those things I teach in hypnobirthing in terms of that positive mindset and mindfulness practice and breath work and positive affirmations, all of that will be helpful for overcoming fear. I remember when I I had to go in for so many um, checks at the end of my pregnancy with Violet and I just kept saying... I was doing the meditation and the breathing and all that and the positive affirmations. And what I was saying was, my baby's massive. I have a massive baby. And every time I went to the doctor, I said, all right, doc, if you come to check on my massive baby. And he would laugh and everyone would laugh because, of course, we know she wasn't massive. But it was just a way of not allowing anything negative to come in. And it ended up working. So you can talk yourself into it. It's kind of like you can talk yourself into being in a good mood. You say, even if you're miserable, you say, well, I'm having a lovely day. <laughs> it's, it's your most powerful tool is your self-talk. You know, you might listen to a therapist or you might listen to a counsellor or a friend or someone, but, you know, your own voice in your mind, that's what you're listening to all the time. That has the most potential to change actually how you see a situation. So, yeah, your kind of self-talk so important. And I definitely did that with my third baby after I'd had the bleed with my second at home and ended up going to the hospital. I very much said to myself, well, that's not going to happen this time. You know, really sort of got myself into the mindset. Oh, I just don't feel like that's going to happen this time. And actually I gave birth and um, he was born in the pool and the water was clear. And I had such minimal blood loss. Oh, good so for you. It was incredible. And obviously I can't say that's because of my mindset but I certainly think it helped me feel better during my pregnancy to kind of build my confidence. Yeah, to have faith in you. Yeah, exactly. Have faith in yourself. I was reading something in that hypnobirthing book that said about, I think it was a cat she was talking about. You were talking a little bit about how animals react to um, having an uncomfortable environment. And if they are ready to pop out six kittens and they don't like their scenario, they will decide to stop labour and they will go somewhere else. Yeah, instinctively, animals will go to somewhere quiet, dark, unobserved. Yeah. You know, they've not done an antenatal class. No. <laughs> they, just, they just do that instinctively. And I think we, as mammals as well, will birth better somewhere where we're undisturbed, uh, lose our inhibitions essentially, you know, feel relaxed, allow our body to relax. So, yeah, the environment is so important. So how do we do that in a hospital? It's not, it's not the nicest environment. <laughs> it's a little bit sterile. 
It is, but you can absolutely change that. So how we read our environment is through our senses. So the things that we see, hear, smell, taste and touch. And it's through those five senses that we have, you know, decide how we feel about a place. So if you're in hospital, I suggest packing things in your birth bag, five things that will meet each one of those senses and help you to feel relaxed, something familiar or yeah, something calming. So, for example, lighting that will change a space completely so if you're going to be in a kind of room in a hospital with the strip light on above your head that won't feel so calming or relaxing if you bring in a string of fairy lights for example or little battery operated tea lights and you just put those around the room turn off the strip light immediately it feels like a warmer candlelit kind of space just that one simple one move and it's changed it smell you can bring in a diffuser or essential oil spray or a little essential oil roller that you can put on your pulse point so that you smell something nice rather than the clinical smell mm. taste you know bringing in your favorite treats drinks refreshments because you really need to keep your energy up and you know hydrated as well sound so you know either creating a playlist of music that you like to listen to bringing in headphones or a little speaker or mp3s or you know meditations and preparing that so you've got something to listen to especially if it's noisy in the hospital so you can kind of sort of put your headphones in and listen to something relaxing oh yeah because you don't want to listen to the lady next you know, door screaming you don't want to hear someone else's <laughs> conversations or whatever and then finally touch you know bringing something familiar in from home so say it was um blanket or something like that you could just throw it over the hospital bed so instead of being on the kind of hospital bed linen you've got like a cozy throw from home that feels really familiar and through that you can absolutely change that hospital room into a candlelit space that smells like a spa with your favorite music do you know what you're talking about bringing vibe you're basically bringing a bag of vibe set the scene that's what um Betty Wright, she, this is obviously like, I'm going off on a tangent here, but um, my mentor when I was a kid was a lady, a lady named Betty Wright. So she was like the queen of soul in Florida and taught all the kids everything. And she would come into the rehearsal space where she was going to tell everyone what to do and be like the matriarch and just like control her area pretty much. And she would bring her vibe. She would bring a lot of the things that you've mentioned. She'd bring candles, she'd bring throws, she'd bring pillows. And it was all just in one bag. And when when she turned up, she had her chair and her little desk and it looked like it was Betty's house. Doesn't matter where she was, it looked like it was her house. So everything felt like soulful and like Betty. So I suppose it's the same thing. You can bring your vibe and create your world. Make it your home. Because you're usually relaxed at home. It's somewhere familiar. It's somewhere private, safe. It's exactly the place where you yeah. would want to be giving birth. So if you can create that homely environment in your hospital room, then that will really help you to feel more relaxed and safe. You know, people feel safe at home generally and yeah, relaxed and all of those things bring that home environment in. And people often ask, do the midwives or doctors mind? But no, they absolutely don't mind and encourage you to make that space your own. They just want you to be happy and calm so then you can have a good birth. Yeah, and the more relaxed you are on a muscular level, on a hormonal level, everything will mean your birth is more straightforward, quicker, easier, more comfortable. So it really is only beneficial. Mm. Now, how about having the confidence to, and your husband or your partner, to take control of that room? 
So if, say, the lady that is in labour doesn't want the doctor in, just wants her own space and kind of is refusing treatment at that point, can we do that? Are we allowed to do that? You are allowed to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. When people say, am I allowed? Absolutely, you're allowed. It's your body, your birth, your baby. Having anyone sort of interfere with you in any way requires your informed consent so to have an examination, you absolutely have to give consent for that to happen. And if it's not something you want, then you can absolutely decline. Obviously, there's a reason for why monitoring is recommended and different checks might be needed. And therefore, you kind of weigh that up and you accept that and you consent to it. But if it's not something you feel comfortable with, you're completely within your right to say, no, not what I want. Either not at all or not now or come back in half an hour. You know, it's absolutely your choice. Brilliant. And that's why having the help of your birth partner is can, can be really important. Really important to advocate for you because when you're in the throes of labour and you're in a different headspace and you're saying about your sister, you know, can't think perhaps as clearly as you would do, usually absolutely having a birth partner who's done the course, who is able to advocate for you or at the very least has a copy of your birth preferences and knows what you want and what you don't want and can be that spokesperson for you, really important. Okay, so I hear that there is a new BBC show called This Is Gonna Hurt. And the first episode covers labour. And of course, not just the BBC show, but many, many shows, many movies that we've watched over the years have shown us images of women at their worst, screaming almost to the, you know, the edge of death. And is that helpful <laughs> to, our, to our state of mind? <laughs> It's so, so unhelpful. And honestly, the only thing I can say about this show, I used to I used to sort of campaign against One Born Every Minute and now I've moved on to This Is Going To Hurt. I'm sorry to the BBC. <laughs> I used to watch One Born Every Minute and I would cry. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. It's terrifying. But it's an age-old trend to take childbirth and present it as something absolutely terrifying, traumatic, near death, and it's absolutely not true. And it's awful. It's awful. It's terrifying, especially if you're pregnant and you're watching it. Oh, gosh. And yeah. it's not just this one show. It's it's culturally, we're literally conditioned to think birth is terrifying. And if you ask a young child about birth, when you think they won't know anything, they'll say something like screaming on their back, red face, sweating. Like that image is like imprinted into our brain from a young age that birth is this really terrifying experience. So no wonder people grow up and they're literally frightened of of having a baby and it absolutely does not need to be like that and of course there are always sometimes emergencies but these are rare the majority of people actually in the uk statistically the majority give birth without any intervention oh really? and yet we never see those births we never see someone just quietly breathing for hours and hours and hours because it wouldn't make gripping television but that's actually like if you got to peek in people's houses and see them give birth or into birth centers, you know, people give birth in a very straightforward way. Giving birth is safe. And it's absolutely not the message when that we're given through TV shows or Hollywood films. I think Bridget Jones Diary, you know, like oh, yeah. him carrying yeah. her over his shoulder and like screaming <laughs> and everything. And like, it's just not yeah. how it goes. Like we're led to believe that a woman's waters would break and suddenly the baby's being born. It's like that there could be hours between those events, days. <laughs> it's just absolutely not accurate. And yeah, at the moment, obviously this is going to hurt. The first episode is entirely set in a labor ward. And yeah, just absolutely 
absolutely sent me off on a rant. <laughs> I can imagine you were absolutely angry at the whole thing. The the references to to women and babies is so offensive. Oh and dear. Yeah, it's absolutely like so many things are completely false. You know, he's wearing um, his normal clothes into theatre wouldn't happen he's wearing a, an outfit that he had a, was wearing to a stag do into like the neonatal intensive care wouldn't happen you know it's just so <laughs> many things are absolutely false you know um he does a procedure without consent on someone that's illegal <laughs> you know if that would happen that would be illegal he kind of does like a payback on one of the women who he dislikes you know that would be a complete breach of a payback of conduct um, so this woman um, on the show, if you were to watch it, is quite explicitly racist. So he obviously takes issue with that. But then as a result, after her cesarean, when he does the stitches, he does it so that her tattoo is like all disfigured oh. deliberately. So that would be in complete breach of code of conduct for doctors. Wouldn't happen. And he would be struck off categorically, does not reflect maternity services and I think so many people would watch that and then be terrified and distrustful of doctors he said he, he, he makes some reference like about about if when you're working in labor ward it's like steering a ship alone whilst it's on fire without support and you think that's not true when you give birth you have at least two midwives with you that's like the standard practice is to have at least two midwives with you I'm, you can hear the passion in me I'm like no, ranting and like before we got on this podcast I'd written like a whole eight page document <laughs> about oh this show God. yeah it's you've got to protect your your mind when you're pregnant absolutely read about all types of birth stories you know read about everything but don't engage in things that have been over dramatized that have been made to be deliberately terrifying and this complete misrepresentation because it's just going to end up with you feeling fearful going into birth and if you're frightened you produce adrenaline adrenaline redirects your blood and oxygen to your arms and legs so that's your fight or flight and in doing so it reduces the blood and oxygen going to your uterus so those uterus muscles will be less effective your labor will be longer it will feel more painful you're more likely to need intervention for you and your baby so it's so detrimental to produce adrenaline in labor. And obviously that's a natural consequence of feeling petrified. So, so much of the work that I do in hypnobirthing is to help people feel more confident and undo all of that conditioning for all of the years. And shows like This Is Gonna Hurt just doesn't help. It does the opposite. Not helpful at all. Not helpful. Don't watch it. If you're pregnant, don't watch it. Yeah, if you're pregnant, <laughs> don't watch it. If you've had all your kids you don't want anymore, turn it on. I'm sure it's lovely. If you're a bloke, crack on, mate. But if you are planning on having babies or you are pregnant, avoid, avoid, avoid like the plague and just fill up your life. You are what you eat, people. Fill up your life with goodness, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. So to end on a really positive note, I'm going to need your help in the future because I found out two days ago that I'm actually pregnant. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Oh, Josh, so that's, that's such fun. exciting news. Do you want <laughs> yeah. to know my exciting news? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> me too. No way. You're kidding yes. me. <gasps> yeah. How far along are you? Uh, nine weeks. Oh my gosh. I'm, I think I'm four. I think I'm really early. So, you know, pray to the gods. I'm keeping everything crossed for you. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. Oh my God. I would oh. love to help you prepare for your V-back. I would absolutely yes. love that. Oh, this is so great. I can't believe you're pregnant too with Pego Sisters. <laughs> Yay! 2022 is, is the year. Oh, yes. Positivity yeah. all round. Lovely. What a lovely note to leave it on. 
Thank you so much for talking to us today. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely amazing to hear you did the course. You've been in the group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. And I will stay in that group because I find it just wonderful to read those birth stories. I mean, amazing. So, yeah, for, for the next five or six babies I hope to have, I will be, I'll be checking in. So if anybody wants to join the Facebook group or, or get the course, where can they do that? So we're The Positive Birth Company on Instagram, Facebook and uh, YouTube. So we have all of our free workshops on our YouTube channel. We update our Instagram daily with positive stories, affirmations, information. And also obviously Facebook is where we host all of our groups. Um, so we have bump clubs that you can join free of charge, connect with people who are due at the same time as you. Or we then have private communities through our digital packs. So if you purchase one of our courses, whether it's the trying to conceive one or pregnancy or hypnobirthing or postpartum, you then get access to a private community where you can connect with others that have done the same course and are going through the same thing. And those are the really kind of happy spaces, I think. Really, it's an honour to really be part of them and be able to witness the kind of peer-to-peer support that people offer. And yeah, all those wonderful birth stories. Just so lucky to be able to yeah receive so many of those every day. Yeah, thank you so much for helping us all. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, it's an absolute honour to be part of people's stories, really important part times of their life. An absolute honour. Thanks, Siobhan. Take care, lovely. Thank you. Bye.